It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Let's go in the lab. Yes, friends, it is time to go in the lab. It's me, Drew Doherty, with my pal, my brosif. Mr. Bro Jangles himself, John Harris. How are you, buddy? I'm well, man. How you doing? I'm great. Uh, and before we dive into this podcast, we want to remind all you listeners out there, don't forget, subscribe to In The Lab on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a review. We want to get better. We want you to love us, but most of all, we want you to listen and listen repeatedly. Please, subscribe to In The Lab. Okay, John, we're going to go In The Lab, and we're going to pick an Oiler offensive player mm-hmm. and an Oiler defender that we would like to add to this 2018 Houston Texans roster. But before we do, we okay, how, how far? Okay. That's Houston Oiler. Okay. You can go back. If you want to, really? if you want, if you don't want Deshaun Watson as your quarterback and you want George Blanda, you can do that. I wouldn't hmm. suggest you do that, yeah, that's but interesting. I just get, but you we can just do get that. one, one on okay. each side of the ball. Gotcha. And we're going to, we're going to flip flop. We're going to ping pong. You're going to go first. Okay. But before we do, we need to revisit something that we did on the radio, yeah. which I really wish we would have done here on the podcast. But you know what? We included Vandermeer, so it's all good. Yeah. But we had an all, All-American all Dude draft last week. We did. We each picked five awesome people. Yeah. And I really loved it. And I just want to go really over didn't have. It really didn't have – I mean, it, I don't know. I don't really know where I – where I got this, to be honest, it was with it you. was brilliant. It was a but brilliant it was, idea. It was something that I had thought of. I was like, "We got to do our Wednesday draft." Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what I saw, but I was like, "That's the All American, like, dude, like, mm-hmm. man, oh, okay, that might be a good thing to do." We got absolutely. I, I don't want to say there, there were so many tweets that we ended up getting, emails, whatever the case might be. For oh you forgot this guy why well, I, I went yeah. on I went on right afterwards, so we we recorded that segment mm-hmm. and then I played it at six o'clock but then at four twenty that day I ended up going on with Triple Threat and was on with them and so they said hey what's on the show tonight I said oh dude we did the All American Dude Draft right and then I tried to explain you know you're looking for the All American John Wayne type and immediately Sean Penner or one uh, no it's Ted Ted goes. Oh, somebody drafted The Rock then. And <laughs> the I Rock went, would have been great. Oh, The Rock would have been great. Totally. The Rock would have been great, but he didn't make it. I picked Jason Bourne. Which I, I picked- thought was very good. Now, the rules, those, those listening, those listening, there, there really were no rules other than you had to draft one football-related individual. Mm-hmm. That was it. Coach, Who'd- player, whomever. Who'd you pick? My football-related individual is Chuck Bednarik. Chuck Bednarik, Concrete Charlie. Right. Last uh, two-way player in the NFL. Just tough as nails. Was in World War II. Yeah. I mean, just a just a Philadelphia badass Eagle, dude. Mr. Philadelphia. I, I chose Don Meredith. Yeah. He was Which 19, I thought was great. 1966 NFL MVP, the original color commentator mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. He was a hell of a player, and he retired very, very early. And there yeah. was there's always been a cloud of suspicion upon why he retired so early. Yeah. Was he forced out? Um, some other things, but he was, he also went to SMU. I went to SMU, but I got to produce an interview that Kenny Hand did with him mm-hmm. back in 2004. And it was the first televised in- interview that Meredith had ever done, uh, since 1984. Yep. And he was awesome. Like, cause he'd kind of become a recluse and he'd moved out to Santa Fe. So we flew out to Santa Fe, went to his Pueblo 
beautiful place. Yeah. And he was about as cool as can be. He could go into a party that you're throwing. He could go into a party that I'm throwing. He could go into a party that any one of you out there right. listening is throwing. And, and we're all different people. He'd be the life of that party. He was so, so cool. So I had to put him on there as my football player. You did. Here, here just so people, if they're listening, going, oh, man, I missed it. I missed it. Who did yeah. they pick? Well, we gave Mark Vandermeer the very first pick. So it started with Vandermeer, and then we snaked. It went from Mark to Drew to me, and then me back. You know, so we we snaked it like that. So yeah. here's the, here's what, uh, here's what Mark Vandermeer came up with. He started off with Ronald Reagan, which when you hear it, you're like, what? Then you think about it. It's not bad. It's cool. It wouldn't have it's, been my name. I wouldn't have gone with it. But my top twenty, but still, he went with Ronald up. Reagan, Vince Lombardi. In this order, Ronald Reagan, Vince Lombardi, Ethan Hunt, mm-hmm. Ted Nugent, yep, and Evil Knievel. Yeah. Mine. Bunch of old guys. Yeah. Mine was George Patton. Yep. Bruce Lee. That's a good one. Who I like, was born I like in, Bruce Lee a lot. Born that's, in Chinatown. I think that's my favorite of yours. He was born in Chinatown in San, uh, San Francisco. Chuck Bednarik, uh-huh. Rambo, Willie Nelson. Pretty good. Yours, Jason Bourne. Yep. Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. Chuck Yeager. Chuck which Yeager, I remember right. when you drafted Chuck Yeager, I was like, yeah. that's awesome. That was really cool. Dalton from Roadhouse. Yep. Which, had I seen Roadhouse, I would probably agree with you on that because I haven't seen Roadhouse. And then Don Meredith. Oh, you need, you've seen Roadhouse? I've not seen Roadhouse. I'm, uh, I'm the world's worst when it comes to movies, it bro. It is hilariously bad and captivating. It's, it's Swayze, isn't it? It's great. Yes, yeah, Swayze. And Who plays Dalton? He's He does. Oh, he does. He's okay. Dalton. Yeah, okay. He's, yeah I got Patrick you. Swayze. Okay. Who, think about Patrick Swayze. Think about what movies he was in. Okay, he was in Roadhouse. He was in... Ghost. Red Red Dawn. Red Dawn, yeah. He was in Point Break, right there. Right. Bang, bang, bang. Those are three Titanic movies. But then he went to Ghost in Dirty Dancing. Okay, but those were huge. And yet, the best acting Hollywood he ever successes. did. Hold on. The best acting he ever did, though, was the Chippendale scene with Chris Farley on Hilarious SNL. Hilarious as well. The best. He was also in The Outsiders with all the, like, with Macho, Tom Cruise, all those, which it was just released on this day a few days ago. Anyways, that's who we chose. I wanted to re- just revisit it and go a little bit more in depth and mm-hmm. chit chat about it. And I think we did, so that's good. All right, here's some of the on on that note. John Wayne didn't have John Wayne in there. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's a hundred people we could have. Yeah. Chuck Norris was a good choice that we could have. You know, had in there. we mentioned Chuck Norris. He's kind of like overplayed at this point, right? You know? And beyond that, Chuck Norris was kind of the inspiration in some sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't really use the inspiration uh, to a degree, and so it's like yeah, Chuck Norris is kind of like up on the. You know the Hall of Fame, like he just—he's up there. You just don't have to worry about him. He's like looking down at all this, going, <laughs> yeah. "I'm better than all of you." But I, Teddy Roosevelt would have been a fun one. That would have been a JFK good one. JFK would have been in it. Yeah, if you went, if you went presidents, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, he was kind of a—he was kind of a George Washington. Yep, he saw some stuff. Uh, who? Uh, John Wayne was one we didn't pick. Which I'm looking back, Nolan Ryan would be a good one. Oh, that was one we got. Nolan Ryan. He was yes. on my—he was on my top ten, I think. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Uh, you know, somebody, and I don't know if, if maybe it was just me talking in my own head, J.J. Watt was one that came up. Yeah. And yeah. I had him written down on my on my sheet of paper. And I just I went with Chuck Bednarik. Just, there was just something about Chuck. He's always been one of my favorites from NFL films. Go yeah. Looking back, I never saw him play, obviously. But he was just always one of those players that the hit he put on Frank Gifford was, I mean, now people look at it and go, well, it ain't that much. But, I mean, he knocked – he literally it's knocked an, Frank an, Gifford out of another year. And it's of an iconic picture, too. It's so good. And plus, <laughs> like the last fifteen years of Benaric's life, maybe even longer, 
he was often railing against today's players. You know, basically how soft they saw, were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very true. Anyhow. So I'm sure if there are ones that we missed. Yeah. At Jay Harris Football, at Doherty Drew, there are probably ones that we missed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving on to our in the lab. Okay. Uh, one of the things. This is kind of like. This is a pure in the lab. Right. Some some in the labs aren't as pure as this one, but this right. is never going to happen, never could happen, and that's why it's so much fun. Right. But it's an experiment. We're both Houstonians. Yep. We both loved, loved, loved the Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. Kind of the the run and shoot Houston Oilers. You're a little bit older, so you you know more about Love You Blue. But I love those run and shoot Oilers. Love Love You Blue. But I yep. was a baby. You know, I didn't right, know right. them well. Any Houston Oiler all time. Okay. And I'm not not uh, Tennessee Titans. You can have guys that played no, for no, the no. Tennessee Titans yeah, yeah, yeah. that were Oilers. But, but you, you think of them as Oilers. Yes. You can choose one offensive player, one defensive player. You get to choose first, and you can go either or. Which one are you choosing? And when you choose your offensive player or if you choose a defensive player, I will then choose a defensive player. I will follow okay, suit. Okay, so what I you. start with? Whichever one you want to start with, but – when you start with that one, I'm going to f- stay on that side of the ball as well. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, had we done this a few weeks ago, I know I would have started defense. I know which way I would have gone. Yep. But I'm not I'm not going to start defense. Okay. Because I feel like the guy I would have gone with, having played for the Houston Oilers, yeah. I think the Houston Texans have emphasized – in that particular, in that area. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're doing. So I don't know that the Houston Texans would look at the player as as stringently as they look at a different position. So I'm going to flip over to offense because the player that I want on offense could play any position on the offensive line. I know who this is. And I feel like I'm going to put him at left tackle. Yep. And I'm going to play Bruce Matthews over at left tackle. And he's my dude. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, you have to. When you when you think about this team now, Drew, it's funny. I was looking at, I can't remember where I saw this, but their odds in Vegas right now on this team winning Still the Super top, Bowl. Still a top ten in the NFL. They're a top eight team in the NFL. They're above the Jaguars. They're above the Titans. They're above the Colts. They're the choice to win the AFC South. And I think a lot of that has to do with what they've done, the additions they've made at with Tyron, with Aaron Colvin. Yep. They've made some additions in the secondary. The offensive line, I mean, they, they, they've looked at this team, and there, you know, there's, there was one other that I thought about, and it, it might come back to haunt me. But I changed because I thought about something Bill O'Brien said at the breakfast, and that was that Deontay Foreman would seemingly be ready to go for week one. Yeah. So that eliminated one Earl, major. That, Earl Campbell. And plus, yeah, and plus I have Lamar. And if Deontay comes back, and my guess is they'll draft somebody. And look, Earl changes everything. But Bruce Matthews takes what I think is going to be a revamp line and going to be a little bit better. Yeah. I think it takes it to a, to a different level with him. Just Pro putting Buller, him in at left tackle. Pro Bowl at all five spots. You know, I, I just thought about this morning. He's kind of like Pete Rose. You know, Pete yeah, Rose was an all-star at a bunch of different spots. At the end of his career, he was a first baseman. He played outfield, right. played second base, played third, I think, a little bit. Yeah, he played everywhere. He played just about everything but played catcher, everywhere. pitcher, you know. So he, and he was great at you know, just kept hitting, That's turning a good one. out hits. Bruce Matthews, excellent choice. You plug him in at left tackle. Um, on the fly, I'm deciding that all four of these guys are going to play on this team. So 
Okay. <laughs> um, it's not like an either or. We got yeah, add. gotcha. I gotcha. love Bruce Matthews. He would be my choice. I'm going to keep strengthening the offensive line, and I'm going to go with a guy who's a pure left tackle, and we're going to kick Bruce somewhere else on the line. Okay. I'm going to go with Brad Hopkins. Oh, good one. Okay. That's really not good. Not as good an offensive lineman as Bruce Matthews, and but that's not enough. was knock. a pure left tackle. You're right about pure that. Pure left tackle. Yep. Great left tackle. Yep. Made a Pro Bowl. I mean, started every game for, for however many seasons, and he's a good guy on the radio. We love yeah, to chit and chat with him on the radio. So I'm going to go with Brad Hopkins, and you can bounce – Matthews to any other spot on the line, he's gonna be he's still gonna be your best offensive lineman. Yeah. And I, now you've really got a strong, strong competition there. You could put him out of right tackle. You could put him at either Matthews, of the guard spots. You could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's go- no question. I mean that's that's the thing about getting Bruce is you have you have options. Hey, center got hurt. Hey Bruce, can we need you to play center. he he could do all of that and he did all of that exceedingly well. So I like your thought. I, yeah. I, now, I, I will, probably should go with Earl Campbell, I know, but I'm going wacky. I'm going off the beaten but, path, and this team, I think, it fits. It's a better fit, you know, and I think it's it's going to well, make your offense it, better if you've got this line like that. Here's the other thing about Earl, too, in this situation. I think this offense, with Deshaun, we saw what this offense is going to be. It's not like it's going to take the emphasis off the, off the running game. Yeah. I think it's more that it's going to put the emphasis on – spreading teams out a little bit and letting the skill players do a little bit more of the work. Well, you're not going to be able to do that if your offensive line is not set. Now, I will say, and and I'm going to I'll mention this on radio tonight going to this a little bit further because it's one of the clips. In fact, it might be the first clip I play tonight on the show. Coach talked about Julian Davenport. Yeah. And it was interesting. I had heard at some point, and I don't know if I think it was McLean said this. And he had mentioned at some point that he had heard the coaches or talked to the coaches and they really felt like the light for Julian went on at the end of the year. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go watch those two games against the Colts and the, and the Steelers. And I watched and I was like, it's not, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's kind of what you'd expect from a guy jumping from Bucknell, Bucknell to the NFL. But it was even beyond that. He faced TJ Watt a lot. Yeah. The Steelers threw a lot of twists and stunts at him that he, they picked up. They did a really good job with Jabal Sheard, he had to face against the Colts. And you remember how the first Colts game ended. Sheard getting the quarterback, making a play right at the end. Julian does struggle a little bit with some power rush when guys decide they're just going to bull rush him. He does have some issues with that. But, Drew, I'm telling you, I walked out of there going, if he's the left tackle, I'm not going to throw a party or anything, but it's not the it's not the most horrible thing in the world if, in particular, he makes that jump from year one to year two. Well, you think – because of that promise, because of what you saw, and because of what the coaches obviously see every day in practice, you think that's one of the one of the key reasons why the Texans maybe didn't break the bank for Solder? Maybe so. And I and I don't know what the offer was. Look, if you had the opportunity, and I'm not saying he's better than Solder, right? I'm if, saying the long term, right? If you had the opportunity to go get Solder, go get Solder. Yeah. And and my my hunch is that they gave it the old college try. But there were some, there were some reasons for him to stay in that particular area of the country. In particular, it sounds like his wife from Connecticut. All that we can get into a little bit more about that. But I think the Texans probably did make a play for it, and I don't know how much money they threw out there. But at the end of the day, that didn't work. So is Julian plan Plan B, or was he was he Plan A? That if he didn't play left, he was going to play right. The guy that I saw play left tackle the last two weeks was definitely not Dwayne Brown. But I saw Dwayne as a rookie. You saw him too. 
there were times where he – I mean, he was thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And he had to kind of learn his way through it, and he did, and became one of the best left tackles in the game. And definitely one of the best to ever be in this city. But when I think about what we're doing, I still would take Bruce Matthews. I still think that Julian Davenport has a spot on this line. Yeah. Somewhere on this line, he's got to play. And, I, and I'll be okay with that. Again, he – I watched that film and went, man. This I'm watching other guys in the line really struggle. I mean, the other the other the right side, Breno. I mean, if you watched it and I said you didn't know anything now, about these two guys, he's now an Oakland Raider. If, Breno Giacomini's now. If I said yeah. that guy and that guy, you watch those two guys and I'm like, one's a rookie and one's a 10 year vet. Tell me which one they are, whatever Breno was. You would immediately go, oh, well, the rookie's on the right side. And that guy's a 10 year vet. You you would absolutely watching those two games. It's encouraging. You would say that about Julian. But anyway, I'm still going to go with Brad Hopkins. So he's no, still no, no, he's a fine. pure left tackle. I think you you really need a left tackle more than you need well, a running back right now. At that point, and, you put you put Hopkins at left. Yeah. You put you can put Bruce at center. Yeah. Nick Martin at one guard, Fulton at the other, and then Julian goes to right tackle, yeah. and he competes for Sean Trail Henderson. So I mean, or I mean, that, or you that's Bruce, your line. Or you could just put Bruce out of right tackle. Or you can just let Bruce be the entire right side of the line. And let He's those other good. guys sort it out on the in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what I was thinking. That's what you're thinking. I'm probably I'm probably being a I'm probably overthinking this and probably should have just chose Earl Campbell. But no. anyways. No, no, no. I no, I like that. See, that's that's the whole thing. We've talked about offensive line and secondary being the priorities. And I said going into the draft, I still think they're going to look at those particular positions in the draft. In the third round, that's where tackles end up, I think, fitting value-wise. Mm-hmm. That's where they seem to fit the best when I look at it. I think you're reaching for – if you draft a tackle in the first round, I think you're reaching. I think in the second round, okay. Third round, I think that's where you can start finding the value matching up, and that's where the Texans are. So I think they're able to find a tackle there. So we go to defense. Do you go first now at defense? No, you're going to go first, but before we do, we want to remind you, don't forget to subscribe to In the Lab on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave a review. We want to get better. We want you to love us, but most of all, we want you to listen. Okay, so we're going defense now. Okay. You've added Bruce Matthews. I've added Brad Hopkins. The line is now a strength of this ball club. What about defense? Who are you choosing? Okay. Are- are you going first? You're going we're first. Sna- I, I go first. Okay, and I kind of so think snaking. you gave like a uh, disclaimer at the beginning. You were going to choose this guy, but because of what the Texans did in free agency, you're not going to choose yeah. him. And I think I know who you're talking about, but go ahead. I Well, I don't want to take – I want to give it away, but Kenny Houston to me is a guy that I could play in a lot of places in the secondary. Yeah. I, I could play him in a number of different places. But? But I think with Tyron and with Aaron Colvin – that maybe I've solidified – maybe I've solidified safety a little bit. Okay. Aaron Colvin solidifies corner a little bit. So I'm going to go get a player that I think is – I don't want to say it's really a position of need to to a degree, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm going to make Aaron Colvin and Tyron Matthews' life, alongside Kevin Johnson, John Joseph, Kareem Jackson, Andre Howell, those guys, I'm going to make their lives a whole lot easier. Okay. Because I'm going to take Clowney and Merciless, and Watt, and Robert Brazil, right. and rush the quarterback I like it. all day long. So I'm taking Robert Brazil. That would have been my first choice because Dr. Doom. you can never have too many guys that can get after the pass rush. I love it. I love that choice. It would have been my first choice as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very excellent pick. So now I've got Dr. Doom yep. and a Honey Badger, and on, a the honey same badger. Defense, on the same defense and the slick way. Now, you gave a discourse on Ken Houston. Mm-hmm. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, 
now a Houston Texans ambassador. Mm-hmm. I believe 60-plus career interceptions. Yes. Also could hit you and knock you around. Yeah. But because of the honey badger, you say, ah, I'm good. I'm going to go up front. Well, you know what? I like how the honey badger can make plays and right. get the ball back. I like how Ken Houston made plays and got the ball You're back. You're going to put them together. I'm going to put them together, right. dang it. And you know what? That can push Andre Howe to kind of a, a nickel package. He can be a reserve guy. Mm-hmm. Now you're really, really strong. But I want to get the ball back for this offense. I want Deshaun Watson to have the ball in his hands as much as possible. Yep. I want opposing receivers to be kind of fearful of going over the middle. And mm-hmm. I think Ken Houston can can knock him into Tuesday. Yeah. That's, that's what's he doesn't uh, leave with the crown of his helmet. Exactly. And, and he won't do that. He's a good guy. He's right. a nice guy. We he love is. Ken Houston. He's, uh, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. But you know what? I want – I keep getting back to and going back to takeaways. This team yep. was deficient in that category. As a defense, 15 on the entire season last year. Mm. They had one on mm, it. Such a bird They had a fumble return on a punt, so that there were 16 takeaways as a team. But defensively, they could not get the ball back. I think if you got Robert Brazil and you got Ken Houston added to this defense, along with the guys coming back, that's what you get. You get the ball back. Well, we had Hall of Famers. Yeah. You know that's that's what you do. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of it goes to you know I I considered I considered Chris Dishman, yeah, because I, I I thought about you need another good corner. I I I feel like if this team had a guy like Dishman, and it's not just that you have a lockdown guy. Mm-hmm. I think what you need to have nowadays, especially with the way, and I I read an interesting study Drew Football Outsiders did. It was called Adjusted Games Lost from the 2017 season. Yeah. And What's that mean? And it, essentially what they did is kind of this this algorithm with games missed, lost by starters and players that were quite – I mean, it was just – they've got a number of different things in the formula. But basically it was the, the, higher the, the higher the number, the worse off you were. And the lower the number, the better off you were not missing stars, things like that. The Rams are number one. The number was like 15. The Texans were 29th with a number of like 116. Yeah. And it was interesting because when you looked at the numbers year over year, the teams that made those jumps had a significant change in being, well, they were the Rams were first in the league. Last year they were 16th. Yeah. And so they made a significant change. The Texans were this year 29th. The year before they were like 20th. So they, you know, but the Jags. Which is saying a lot. If you're 20th and you still made the playoffs, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, here's another one. You really too. overcame some things. Yeah, absolutely. The Vikings, the Vikings were in the top five or six. The year before, they were in the lower 20s. They were like the, they were like the Texans. And it just goes to show how healthy you have to be. But if you're not healthy and you get guys banged up, as the Texans have, you've got to have that depth. And so I, I gave consideration to having another corner because I, I just feel like having enough guys that can just go out and cover somebody. Mm-hmm. Just go out and stay in a guy's hip pocket and do it all day long. I think I think that's as valuable now. And it showed at the Combine, Drew. At the Combine there were, I think, 45 corners or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've never seen that. There's no other position that had that. I mean, there were 45 corners that were like 30-something safeties. They had like 75 DBs yeah, it's a wave. on the last day. It was it was unbelievable. Wave of defensive backs. And it's, it's going to continue to happen because the the offenses are saying, "Hey, we're taking the we're taking the basketball type receivers." Well, yeah, more co- six two six three. You got to play nickel and dime now in yeah, college you if to. you want to stay on the field. No, there's no question. And yeah. so guys that are five eleven, six foot, 
Well, you're too, you might be a little smaller play receiver, but, boy, we love that size, that corner. Yeah, if you can stay with a guy. Yeah, absolutely. So makes sense. you're seeing more of those guys, so you're seeing more and more options at corner because guys want to get to the league. If that's the way to do it, they're going to do it. All right, we've added Bruce Matthews, Brad Hopkins on the offense, so the offensive line's gotten a lot better. And then Robert Brazil and Ken Houston. Uh, the defense, much better. Let's go play Let's go play some football, John. Let's do it. Want to do it? It's let's do it. be September. I, oh. I've said that too many times now. We but. need for it to be. And yet, here's the sad thing. What's today? March? April, May, June, July, August. August. We're five and a half months away. Long, long way. That's a half a year. But the schedule's coming. The schedule's coming, yeah. and that's a good thing. By this time next month, we'll know the schedule. Yep, certainly. All right. Always love going in the lab with you, John. This was fun. It's always fun talking Oilers as well. Yeah, man. And we love you all listening. Please remember, subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you again. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,